0: When I look at the automotive market, the retail market, the real estate market, and the travel and hospitality market, every single one of them is having massive, like off the charts challenges. And I don't see those correcting. Mm. We're going to be dealing with those for the next year to two years. And so for me, as a numbers guy, I'm like, how can I get the right indexes to give me a holistic picture of what's going on in the market?
1: You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to Think Different Theory. We are live with the man himself again, Mr. Alex Sharfin. Dude, welcome back.
0: Josh, thanks so much for having me back again, man. The first time was so much fun. I've been waiting for the second.
1: I, Me too, dude. We had such a blast last time and uh, I'm so glad we get to do it again. I feel so, you know, Joe Rogan is a big inspiration for me, of course. Right. Every, says every podcaster ever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's really, really cool to when you get to just sit down and have really awesome, just free flowing conversations. I'm sure you've been on a million podcasts as a vine. It's always like, here are your questions. Here they are. They're predetermined. Come up with your answers. It'll be 30 minutes. Let's go. And I'm like, let's just talk. And, uh, yeah. it's been super, super cool. So how you been dude?
0: I'm uh, Really good, Josh. Really good. Good. Um, I'm hesitant to say that because of the 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 situation that we're in globally. But you know, I have this belief system that the world can be in crisis, and you as an entrepreneur have the responsibility to be in momentum. And mm. so the more chaotic, the more crisis driven the world gets, the more I protect my momentum. And so we're doing really well. you know, I think right. it, you know crisis is an accelerator, but it also creates massive focus, and that's what it's done for us.
1: yeah, I, I think it's interesting because you're one of the people. I mean, obviously I'm in your program and we've been following you, you know, following you with everything and just absolutely love a lot of the work that you've been doing as far as educating people on what's going on with the economy and whatnot. And what's been interesting is to see what, I mean, I have a pretty, I have a pretty broad reach of people that I kind of see and, and reach and get feedback from right online. And it's been interesting to see the ones that cripple and the ones that break and the ones that go. And it's crazy that there's even entrepreneurs doing this, but like where's my $1,200 stimulus check? Right. Versus, uh, yeah. Versus the ones that are like, Hey, like let's rise up. Let's be a leader. Even if you don't even know what that looks like. And I think it's really interesting when you just like commit to momentum, when you commit to leadership, when you commit to stepping into that role, it's like, um, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, your belief system is kind of like opens the path for that to happen. And I've noticed, I mean, I know a lot of people that have gone through your programs that are in your programs that are doing that. So testament to you. And I appreciate everything that you've been putting out there about everything.
0: Thanks, Josh. You know, I think, I think here's why, here's why that I'm so aggressive with that is that, you know, when you look at it, when you look at crisis in general, as entrepreneurs, when you say I'm going to be an entrepreneur. You don't know it yet, but you are committing to a life of crisis. <laughs> Let's just get real. Is that fair, Josh? Yeah, no, like you. you it's so, it is a commitment to living in crisis.
1: It's so funny you say that. Um, I so I have my coach Katie, right? And I literally yesterday we had our uh, we have a weekly coaching call. Every single week we get on call, right? And I said, Katie, I moved this week, and everything that I could have possibly gone wrong right? Like went wrong. And like, my team is awesome and they're handling things in the business, but like things out of control there, things in the personal life, things in, you know, the mood process or whatever. And I'm like, and right now I'm shopping at Walmart for hooks uh, so I can take a shower tonight, right? Because I need, I need to take a shower. And I'm like, six months ago, I would have been absolutely losing my mind. But I kind of just like looked at myself and I was like, 10 levels of Josh ahead of where I'm at right now would look at this and go, well, it's just another week in entrepreneurship, so here we are, what are we gonna do next, right? And it's like when, yeah. you, when you go, and I call it, I mean, you, you say going in momentum, I call it protecting my peace, which I know you and I have talked about before. Like, when you can just protect your sanity and know, you know what? Like, life is gonna happen. You know, entrepreneurship is just like, when you're in this thing, you don't have a boss, you don't have really have a guide, you're just trying to figure this whole thing out and there's always gonna be that next thing. And so it's always funny to me when like, when COVID hit, right? I had my 48 hour like kind of panic moment of like, okay, are we set? Like, is everything good? But after that I was like, all right, well, what's gonna happen is gonna happen. And you know what, my my vote one way or another is not gonna change the fact that we're in a crisis, right? So I have to do what it is that's best for me and in so doing that, it entirely changed my perception of the crisis that we are in, which it is a crisis, whether people want to admit it or not yet. Um, but like, it, it totally, it, it totally <laughs> no changed totally No doubt. Like, but it, is, it is crazy to me, right? Because you, not to get too political right off the bat, but like, you and I have differences and maybe political beliefs a little bit, but like, I'm more pro-Trump. You're probably a little bit more anti-Trump. And uh, it's amazing to me that a lot of my Trump friends are like, no. Economy is great, and I'm like, what are uh, you talking? Yeah, about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay.
0: Like, hey, there's 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 belief in a political doctrine, and then there's delusion. Right, right? <laughs> and so, and you know what, Josh? I think it's a good thing that you brought up the whole politics thing because here's here's what's been really interesting in this crisis is that politics has become polarizing to a level that i've never seen it before yeah. and you and i we definitely have i mean there's we definitely align on some things like 100% i'd go to war with you align. and then there's other things where it's 100% i wouldn't go to war with right. you align. Right. however as entrepreneurs we can still find common ground we can still hang out we can still help each other we can still benefit each other's careers yeah. and i think one of the one of the really big challenges that i've seen in this crisis is that a lot of people are looking at that differently. I don't know if you've seen this, Josh, but there's a lot of like people who, if you don't agree with them completely, you're canceled. Yeah. And if you say the wrong thing, you're done forever. And you know, make a post I don't agree with, I'm not gonna be your friend on Facebook anymore. I'm not gonna follow you anymore. And you know, I'm 47 years old and I have, I'm so fortunate today to have dozens of friends around the world that I could call on and get help from. And they're amazing human beings. I don't think there's one that I agree with completely on all. <laughs> Josh, do you have anybody <laughs> no, like not, you? Not 100%. one. Not one. Not one. Not nope. one. So, so you know, I think we need to let go a lot of this conflict and a lot of the challenges, a lot of the frustration, and look at how can we help each other. Yeah. That's that's really what happens in a crisis. Is a period of accelerated change, which means it's a period of accelerated opportunity, and there's more opportunity today than there ever has been. Yeah if you're willing to accept what's going on. But what you just said, Josh, if you've got it in your head that this is not a crisis, it's not real, it's a hoax, it's it's political, it's a conspiracy, your brain will not see the opportunity sitting in front of you. You will step over it, you'll trip on it and not even realize what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's what's the crazy thing you keep talking about, like, you know, in crisis, it's accelerated change. And it is. And what's crazy is, is like, politically, people will choose their side no matter what, and, they will refuse to look at a good idea, regardless of whether or not it's a good idea or not, just whether or not their political candidate supports it. And I made a post and I'm, you know, we we have a bunch of new listeners on here that maybe are newer to the whole entrepreneurship thing, right? Um, I'm voting for Trump for my own reasons that I've come to grips with, largely based in human trafficking type things or whatnot. And so I naturally pull a lot of Trump supporters to my page and there's, there's like, you know, there's like, there are always those five or 10 people that are like polar opposite of what you believe that just hang out on your page and comment on everything that you post. Right. And so a lot of they my, they might
0: have you like set up so that they see your stuff first. Cause yeah. if you're like, I'm glad you have those people. Cause I have, those oh yeah. Make a post oh, and it's yeah. Like, bam, 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 bam. Okay. D- there they are.
1: Right. Right. It's like, <laughs> you know who they are and you love them and you go, thanks for the engagement. I appreciate it. Right. You know, but like, what's funny though, is like, I've had to do crisis control, not crisis control. Um, like policing on being polite. Not that that's your job, but like some of these people that have been around that are anti a lot of my beliefs are my friends still because I've known them. They've been following me for two years. They've been hating on my stuff for two years. You get to know them, right? A hater can still be your friend. You know what I mean? And a lot of these people come in and they just, you stupid mother, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Whoa, guys, I disagree with them too. But like, debate them on facts. Yeah. Like, civil discourse. Like let like let's have an actual conversation why um we think that you know a, a certain topic is a, a good thing to do or a bad thing to do. Like if you want to defund the police and you want to back the blue, like let's present your sides and have an at rational discussion. And the problem that I the biggest problem that I see with politics, which then transfers over to entrepreneurship, is that we cannot we refuse to see the other side. When we yeah. get so ingrained in our way of thinking and then we go and we bring that because we, our ego, like we feed the ego in one space and we think that it's only gonna be there in that space and we're like, no, no, that transfers for the rest of your life. And so now you bring that ego to trying to lead your team. Now you bring that ego to trying to build your business or to trying to be coached by somebody and it just doesn't work. And I'm curious, how how have you, how do you deal with <laughs> hatred on your page from, not from haters against you but do you have any like hatred towards like people calling each other terrible things?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, and, and you know, thankfully Josh, it doesn't happen as much because I don't make a lot of political posts. I tend to talk <laughs> about business most of the time. And then, there, but here's what's happened since the beginning of this crisis, I've made posts that I didn't realize were political to have been, right, right. you know? And and here's, here's this, this thing that's happened is it, it feels like because we're in this crisis, everybody is triggered already. Yeah. And I feel like there's just we're we're a population of human beings floating around pre-triggered, ready to explode, looking for like the littlest thing. You know, I I I think back to like when I was at when I was a lot younger and I used to go out to to clubs. I did not like going out to nightclubs but you could always see the guy who walked in with like the the clear glasses, super huge, like probably on steroids and literally looking for a problem. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. can, you can see them walking in looking for a problem. Like that's kind of how the whole world is right now, yeah, walking yeah. around juiced up looking for a problem. Yeah, and yeah. so when I see that stuff start, start happening, like I, I usually engage in the most civil and rational way that I can. Mm to just present the argument as clearly as, as I possibly can. And then like civil discourse is intense. I'll, I'll share an example with you, Josh. I made a post a, a, a while ago about masks. And I know this is like a huge off-the-charts hot-button topic, but here's it's my- like vaccines,
1: holy cow. Right,
0: right, <laughs> but here's my perspective on masks. My perspective is I coach 200 business owners around the world, a lot of them in the United States, some of them are brick and mortar. 60 to 65% of the people in the United States, depending on the state, sometimes as high as 70 or 75 are still terrified of this virus. They will not go into an establishment where there's somebody who doesn't have a mask on. So my post was simply, hey, guys, let's do this for the business owners. Like if you have an argument with politicians, take your mask off and go to City Hall. If you need to go visit a business owner, put your mask on, protect the business, protect the business owner, even if you don't believe in it, do it for the guy who's standing behind the cash register trying to save his family and feed his his team and, and be able to get through it. And here's what this is really interesting. You know, another friend of mine who I don't agree on all his politics, but we've been friends for years, is Ray Higdon. Do you know? Ray? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't like. I'm not
1: friends with him. Friends with him, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Ray's like a, one of the greatest human beings on the planet. And Ray and I have different political views. He's a lot more right wing. I'm not so right wing. I'm I'm not really right or left wing. I'm more of a libertarian. I yeah. have a Hard time joining either party. Yeah. Same. But but when I when I when I made this post, Ray Higdon actually put a comment on it. He's like, you know what, Alex, you and I do not always agree on politics, but the way that you presented this and what you said actually changed my mind. He's like, I've been refusing to put a mask on. I'll put a mask on for a business owner now that I've read this. That was all the confirmation I needed was just, you know what, if I turned one One, person- One person by by civil discourse, by by stating the case, and by not being effusive or emotional or attacking, by just saying, "Hey, I think we can do something here to help business owners across the country." That to me is like that's that's what that's where we should all be focused is how do we how do we help each other? How do we get out of this collectively?
1: Yeah, I think that's super big. And my my thing on masks is I'm like, guys, yeah, it's not like they're not the most comfortable, but they're not terrible like, yes, the government is the one that's asking you to wear them, but like, don't, like, don't do it because the government asked you to do it. Do it because, hey, if a private business is like, hey, we would like you to wear a mask inside our establishment, they have a reason for asking for that. They're a private business, respect that, right? If it's the law, it's the law. And like, at the end of the day, I don't think a mask really does all that much, right? Like, yeah, maybe it stops and spit. I don't really think it does, but I also know, how psychology works. And I also know that for a lot of people, those 60 to 70, I think it is, it's like 65 to 70% of people actually do wear and support wearing masks in America, right? And And they're afraid to be around people who don't. Right. And like, once again, is it actually stopping anything? Maybe, maybe not, right? But like at the end of the day, like it seems to me, i it seems to me like a really small price to pay for us all to collectively come together to help manage a global crisis that is completely out of control right now and listen guys i'm voting for trump so all you trump supporters out there that's listening to this okay i'm voting for the guy so chill out here for a second but regardless of what you say trump isn't doing the greatest job when it comes to leading specifically around the pandemic unifying people around one solution. I'm not saying he's not doing a great job everywhere, but when when it comes to, hey, let's collectively come together as America and be like, this is this, there, there are better people for that role. Right. And so I'm like, Hey, this seems like a really small price to pay for this, especially from your angle. I mean, as entrepreneurs, think of it as as your business. Think of it as if you wanted someone to do something for the health and safety of your customers and you believed it was going to make a difference. And you had 30% of your customers going now we will not be going into, you know, and like coming into your store without it. You'd just be like, just please just, just like really simple. Like Josh, it's
0: math. Josh's math, dude, here's, you know what, I, I know a lot of brick and mortar business owners, you probably do too. You know what they will tell you, I need 100% of the people to come back, right? I need everyone to come back. Yes. I don't need 20 or 30 or 40 or 60 or 70. I need everyone back. I need them back yesterday. And I need them back consistently. And I need to be able to keep the doors open. And so I happen to believe that in most cases, like mass do offer some limited amount of protection It's probably better than nothing, right, especially with some of the latest research. And Here's how I look at it. If we can collectively help every business in the country by throwing, you know what I do? I carry it in my pocket. I put it on as I'm walking in. I take it no, off right. as I'm walking out. I absolutely hate the thing. I can't stand yeah. how it feels. <laughs> However. At the same time I walk in and I look at the business owner and I think to myself, I would like, if if all it takes for me is to throw this thing on to make that guy's life or that woman's life a little bit easier right now in the middle of all, all of this, yeah. any day of the week, I'll do it. Yep. Like, especially for somebody, for one of my kind, for another entrepreneur, like I will do a lot to help an yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. I was, I actually did a, a, a Instagram story when I was wearing a mask at a mall once and somebody wrote back at me, I can't even look at you as a man
1: anymore. Oh my gosh. (laughs)
0: Guys, there are other
1: things that you can get mad about. Like, come on. Like, oh my gosh. And
0: my my response was like, wow. First, that the person would even think that I would feel like my masculinity is challenged by a mask. I laughed at it like out loud. But the fact that there's people out there that have gotten so tied up in this yeah. that we're looking at, I can't look at you as who you are. It just, it doesn't make sense to me anymore.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, speaking of who you are, you, sir, are a opera, or operations and systems and business scaling expert. And I know you have something coming up that I want to give you the chance to talk about because if there is been, well, there's a couple of people when the crisis hit um, back in, what was it? March timeframe when everything March. went to kind of was like, everything was uncertain and everybody was freaking out that came out and we're like, Hey, here's how to prepare. Hey, I'm committed to helping you. Hey, I'm going to pivot and adjust not for what's best for me, but what's best for my customer. Right. And there was very few people that did that. We tried to do that. I think different theory, um, really like almost stopping interviews completely and shifting down to a much more focused, like how to get customer approach. But one of the people that was one of the biggest advocates of that was you and you have put together different trainings and resources. Speak as you will about what you have coming up, but starting in with the angle of what can we do now as entrepreneurs? And I also want you to touch on a little bit of the person working for the entrepreneur, right? What can we do collectively as entrepreneurs and the team of entrepreneurs to prepare moving forward? Because I don't know if we've seen the worst yet.
0: <laughs> no, not even close. Yeah. So <clears throat> let me confirm that for you, Josh. So or I'll, I'll at least add to your belief there that we haven't seen the worst. Um, the worst is is coming and it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. Just, just some of the math I wanna just share with everybody. Um, one third of people did not make a housing payment last month or won't make it this month. So one out of three did not make their rent or mortgage payment. We have 8.9% of people in forbearance. And when you look at the total number of people not paying their mortgages, the percentages are similar to the height of the foreclosure crisis, not the beginning, the height. We are going to see massive and massive structure and, and change and shift and acceleration across everything. And so we haven't seen the worst yet, but here's what I, here's what I want all of us to understand as entrepreneurs. In the same breath that I say we haven't seen the worst yet, I want everyone listening to understand that here's the fact of being an entrepreneur. The world can be in crisis and you can be in momentum. You can never, ever, ever let yourself forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, During the foreclosure crisis, my wife and I, um, in 2010, we had this big office over here in Austin, we had about 100 people working out of it. And I had this incredible Porsche dropped off, I had like a street legal race car dropped (laughs) off out in front of the, the, the building. And the reason I bring up this story is, I felt so uncomfortable because I was having this race car dropped off by this car carrier, like filled with Porsches and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff. And people were carrying their boxes out of the building from the company above us was going out of business. And so there was a foreclosure crisis. There was companies going out of business all over the place. At one point we were one of only two companies in our entire building and it was massive. And the reason was like the world was in crisis, but I was in momentum. Right. I was buying cars, we, Katie and I were buying our house, people in our company were getting promoted, they were making more money than they ever had. And that's how this should always be, yeah. is that the greater the crisis, the greater the opportunity, don't ever let yourself become untethered from that. Mm. And so what what we have, and in, in, it's always, you know what, Josh, that's fact. That's fact. Like, in fact, we've known this as human beings for thousands of years, you know, the yin yang symbol. Oh, yeah. Symbol with, okay. So a lot of people think that's good versus evil, black versus white, like, you know, on or off energetics on energetics off. One of the earliest interpretations of the yin yang symbol is that the black is crisis, the white is opportunity Really, coexist together. Yes, there's crisis in on opportunity. And so this is the biggest opportunity we've ever had. Yeah, and, and that's why I came out like I did and say, hey, entrepreneurs, you know, here's here's what we need to do in crisis. You ask, what should we do? If the world can be in crisis and you can be in momentum, then you have to create a reality distortion field in your life and in your business. That means you get up every day and you have a morning routine where you feel great. That means you have a planning system in your business where there's a strategic plan everyone believes in, they understand how to execute it and they know their part in it. That means you create a communication system so that everyone in the business knows where you're going and they understand it. And so in the first week of October, I'm doing this event called Momentum Masterclass. And what we've done is we've taken our best paid content content that is specific to understanding what's going on, getting hyper clear on where you are in business and what you should be doing next, and then building a plan to walk yourself out of it mm. so that you can't lose. And, you know, Josh, we, were, we, we could have sold this, but here's my goal. I want thousands of entrepreneurs to join us for this. I want all at once to help a massive population of entrepreneurs understand how to create momentum in this crisis, because here's my belief. In this crisis and every crisis in history, the solution has always been the same. Entrepreneurs have risen above the noise, identified opportunities, Mm. grabbed hold of it, convinced themselves they could do it, gotten it into momentum and then taken the world with us. And that's what we need. Yeah, You know, in the the last foreclosure crisis, my wife and I started a business in 2007 and our motto was solving the foreclosure crisis, one homeowner at a time. Because we knew if we focused on helping the homeowners, we would solve the foreclosure crisis. In 2013, the US Treasury came into our office and said, you pulled the forward the foreclosure crisis five to seven years. Our tiny little organization worked with the treasury,
1: the wow. FHFA,
0: with major investors, with major banks, and we pulled forward the foreclosure crisis. Tiny little company. You know what? Every single entrepreneur out there has the opportunity to do that now. More people are in pain than ever have been, which means there's more opportunity than there ever has been to help people out of pain. And so when we get clear and get focused, we will solve this thing. You know, my, my motto now is, Every entrepreneur on the planet is a part of the solution. Let's get into momentum and fix this.
1: So I love this. How do you instill or what would you tell the entrepreneur that doesn't understand their capability? Because I, wanna, I want to give an example of this. Recently, I did a video. I lost it one day. I literally opened up my computer. I hit go live and I had just spent two hours going down to one of the darkest, most disgusting evil places of the internet, studying and looking into what's happening with human trafficking. And I don't that's know that's a bad day for anybody. That, that, that. It is it is yeah. it is just it is unlike like it will it will change your life forever like completely fundamentally shift your perspective of the world and make all of your little problems about, Hey, where like dinner's too expensive and I have to wear a mask, go away real quick. Right. (laughs) Um, like seriously. So I do this video and I'm like, listen guys, like just, just share it out. And I was like, I don't cuss and swear, but on this video, I like, I gave a preface. I'm like, guys, I've seen some shit, right? Like, (laughs) we're going to go down this rabbit hole and it was about a 20 minute video and when i got off didn't think much about it except for the fact that i was truly myself i mean i was heated i was mad like i was angry that this was happening and i told everybody on there i'm like listen guys we each have a voice and i was like and i don't know where mine fits in specifically but i know that if i believe that i can go and make a change that i can go and make a change i want you to get mad with me i want you to go share out this video that video was to, is coming up on two weeks old, actually two weeks old today. It's at 950,000 views. We're closing in on a million Amazing. views. It's been shared 20 something thousand times. We had another post right after that be shared 60 something thousand times, okay? Jeez. I'm a 26 year old with a camera and a Facebook live and a passion to go make a change. Now, I say that and I understand I've had an audience beforehand, there was right things in the right situations or whatnot, but every entrepreneur is in the right place in the right situation if they make it the right place in the right situation. How do you convince or instill belief or what would you say to that entrepreneur that's like, Alex, I'm just a entrepreneur. I'm just a 30-year-old. I'm just a 40-year-old. I'm just a dentist practice. I'm just a, a digital course creator that teaches people how to write books. How are they... Or how would you still believe in them just say, listen, you actually have a part in this and make them actually believe that they do have a part?
0: You know, Josh, um, it's a big part of Momentum Masterclass that I'm gonna be teaching because here, here's here's how I look at entrepreneurs. Here's how I look at the entrepreneurial personality type. And, and I, I'm gonna take a little step back because I think, in order to, to to instill belief, you have to let somebody know who they are. Mm, and here's what I want 100%. us all to understand as entrepreneurs: like, let's take a step back and figure out and be very clear on who we are. We are that small percentage of the population that gets up in the morning, travels into the future, creates a new reality, comes back to the present, and demands it becomes real. And that's who we are. That's who. That's who we've always been. And as an entrepreneur you know that you're one of those people that needs to move forward, make things happen. You can't turn it off and you don't no. know why anyone would want to. The rest of the world can turn it off. Like let's remember, there is shows out there like Ice Road Truckers. You watch <laughs> a guy drive a truck on ice for an hour. Like the rest of the world can turn it off or they wouldn't be able to do that. And so as entrepreneurs, you know, we, we are different than the rest of the world and we need to understand something. If you look at history, Everyone who you remember, everyone who matters to be remembered was just like us. They were people who had challenges and frustrations and experienced massive cognitive dissonance and thought about giving up Hell, thought about giving it all up, a lot of them. And then finally, at some point, figured something out through persistence and through continuing Mm. to lean in and understanding that it was never going to go away. And they made a massive breakthrough and made something happen. And here's what I want you to know as an entrepreneur. I don't care what your situation is right now it doesn't matter what diagnosis or disease or issue or challenge or financial issue or problems or whatever it is, that's going on for you. There is someone in history who has been exactly where you are, <laughs> has gone on, recovered from it and gone on to change the world. Yep. And there is someone just like you and I, who's been able to get past it. And so here's what I know about us. We're not going to turn it off. You can't. Yep. And so lean into the feeling that you can change the world because Everyone in history who matters to be remembered, everyone who you remember, that is our club. That is our birthright. That is who we are. That is your legacy. And today, the way we show up is how we show the pride in who we are.
1: A hundred percent. And I want to add to that, too. One of the things that you said there was, no matter what financial situation or or physical situation, like whatever your situation is, there's there's been someone that's been in that exact situation or worse that has gone Mm -hmm. on to go and change the world and be successful. There are also 10 times more people that were in the exact situation that you are in right now that chose not to rise up, that chose not to lean into momentum, that chose not to lean into who they were as an entrepreneur, and they caved. And the only difference between those two people is a choice. And you have that choice. And when you were so trained as a society, Steve Larsen talks about this and all this stuff. He's like, we've been given tracks, given tracks, given tracks. Follow the tracks, follow the tracks, follow the tracks. And all of a sudden, there's no tracks there as an entrepreneur, and you're like, what do I do? And as an entrepreneur, yeah. you build your own tracks. And if something isn't there, and Katie, uh, my coach, she always tells me this. I'm like, Katie, I can't, I can't see the path. Like, where do, like, I don't see who's got what I is that I want. She goes, so create it. And I'm like, what do you mean, right? And she's like, just envision what it is go build it and who cares if it's not there before, like be the first one to go do it. And like when you give yourself permission to be weird, right? I mean, like really yeah. truly be insane sometimes, magical things happen.
0: Yeah, you know? you know, it's funny. M. Scott Peck wrote a book when I was a kid called The Road Less Traveled and it was revolutionary. I was like, the road less traveled? As entrepreneurs, we don't even wait for a road. Yeah. That's for everybody else. <laughs> right. you know, like that's who we are. Right. And, and I, I, I love Stephen Larson. He's actually he's he's one of our members as well. And I'm actually he works with us. He's helping us do some stuff as well. And nice. you know, that that whole you know when there's no tracks, here's what I want everyone listening to know: as entrepreneurs. We have the freedom to build our own tracks. Right. We have the freedom to build our own process, our own system, our own structure. And that's why so many of us are entrepreneurs. You know, we, We're entrepreneurs because we have a hard time following other people's systems. Yeah, no kidding. Other, <laughs> other, right? I mean, like when Josh <laughs> says, I'm a 26-year-old with headphones and a microphone. Yeah, well, like let's add in multi-million person following and businesses and all this other stuff. Like you're not just a kid with a microphone. You're, right. you're changing the world. And and the reason we, we have to do this, the reason we're compelled to do this is, you know, if if the world was set up in a way that supported entrepreneurs, maybe we wouldn't have to go change everything. But the fact is, most of the systems, the structures out there, they're made for everybody else, not us.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. I want to, I want to pivot the conversation actually tell us real quick, just what, what, what's the link to go register and we'll link oh, it down below. Perfect. Thanks Josh. Yeah. If you
0: go to momentum masterclass.com, we made it easy. Even I can remember it <laughs> momentum masterclass.com. You register and we'll send you out some prompts.
1: Perfect. Momentum masterclass.com guys, uh, listening on audio, it'll be down in the description. If you're listening on video, you know where to go and we'll send it out in the email as well. Um, I want to pivot the conversation a little bit, still keeping it in business. Why? is the stock market doing so well? (laughs) Like, like there's (laughs) this, uh, like, I don't want to get into this debate of like, do we like Trump? Do we not like Trump? Okay. That's not the debate. But is Trump doing something to keep the stock market up? Why is it doing so well? Is this a political play? Like what's happening?
0: You know, I I don't I don't think that anybody can can either accuse or give credit to Trump for keeping the stock market up. I I don't I don't I don't I think that presidents can definitely influence the stock market, usually for a temporary period of time. But I think the reason why the stock market is is up is that most of the trading that is done today, most of the, the trading on in the market, the vast majority of the volume is high frequency, shorter, shorter term trades. And what you see is tremendous trading on in a crisis period, trading volumes go up like crazy. They explode. And there's a lot of theories that because, you know, Josh, this is interesting. In the last few months, the, the United States public had more discretionary income than they've ever had at any period in the history of the United States. What? Yeah. When you, you put out a trillion dollars in stimulus all at the same time, <laughs> there is more discretionary income than there has ever been. And so it's interesting. I actually was, I was on trading economics, which is a a site I use just to look at numbers. I'm a crazy data fiend. I look at, I don't like to read a lot of news because there's opinions. I looked, I like to look at a lot of data. Then I'll look at certain news to understand how to interpret the data. And when you look at discretionary income in the United States, it exploded in the last few months. So we we're in a period where massive. Can can
1: you just, can you, for those people that may not know, can we define what discretionary income actually is?
0: It is, it is the amount of money that Americans have set aside that they could spend. Perfect. So when, when the, the stimulus went out, incomes and bank account balances were higher than they've ever been. And you know, I, I don't know if that was an intended effect, but we know based on where numbers were that a lot of that money has flowed into the stock market. And so here's, here's what's interesting. This is the weirdest economy I've ever seen. We have more people out of, out of business than, or more people out of work than there has ever been in the past. Like we have to go back, I don't know, 40 or 50 years to get to similar percentages. Um, And here's the intense part. I'm, I'm like talking to all people in all different types of industries where I get a read on how the economy is doing. And one of the really good ones is pawn shops. I actually have a friend who coaches Mm. a whole bunch of pawn shops and pawn shops are an incredible read on the economy. When a bunch of people are pawning stuff, the economy is not doing so well. When a bunch of people are buying stuff from pawn shops, the economy is doing well. When people are getting their stuff out of pawn, the economy is doing exceptionally well. That means somebody's coming and paying the interest and the fees and getting their stuff back. Right now, every pawn shop he's dealing with is at a 20 year low of inventory. They're selling more than they ever have and nobody's pawning anything. Isn't that crazy? So it's, there's so much money being pumped into the economy right now.
1: So why, why did a third of Americans miss their mortgage payment? And why are we, why do you say we're entering into a crisis?
0: So Josh, because when you give Americans money, they spend it. And we saw this in the mortgage crisis, (laughs) you know, um, here, here's what, here's, here's, and this is, this is something that I actually have personal experience with. I've helped hundreds of people out of foreclosure and Josh my wife and I used to joke around about it. When we would go into somebody's home to help them out of a foreclosure, one out of two times, they had a brand new TV. And sometimes the box was still in the corner. And it was because they entered into an equation like this. We're not going to be able to make the $3,000 mortgage payment because we only have $2,500. Can we spend $800 on a TV? Well, we can't make the mortgage payment anyway. Let's get the TV. And that type of thinking is so pervasive.
1: Who... Ah, who teaches these people how to think?
0: Well, there's not a lot of financial literacy taught in the United States to begin with. And so when you look at the numbers and you look at what's going on, I mean, Josh, here's what's crazy. The the month after the stimulus money went out, retail almost recovered to pre-crisis numbers. <laughs> That's not because people are working. That's not because they're making money. It's because they're spending the money they got. And we had this this entirely false economy set up where everybody who was on unemployment was getting an extra $600 a week. A week, a a week. week. So you had people that previously were making $30,000 a year and now we're making almost $1,000 a week. And so there's been a, a, a very odd, very interesting dynamic set up in the market where there is a ton of money, but not a lot of intelligence as to where to place it and not a lot of like strategy as to where to place it. And I think we're seeing kind of us bleeding through all of that. Here's here's my belief. I don't think we're going to see another stimulus anything. You don't think very so? Soon. I don't. I think, think Trump's going to block it. Gonna, I think it's going to turn into some type of a stalemate for a little bit. Yep. And if there is not a stimulus, if there's not another stimulus coming in the near future, I think we're going to see the stock market roll over on the lows and take out the lows that it has. We're going to see massive distress in the real estate market like we've never seen before. More commercial product and more re- residential products are going to come onto the market than we've ever seen. And we are going to live through a very serious financial struggle. Now, that does not mean that 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 every business in the country is going to struggle. That means no. there's gonna be a lot of people who are in pain. And if you're in a business where you're helping people out of pain, you can succeed like crazy.
1: Momentummasterclass.com. Yes, guys, go there. I'm gonna, pl- I'm <laughs> gonna plug it for Alex. All right, Alex stuff is phenomenal. I'm inside of his programs. And you're like, Oh, this is someone that's been in the business for 20 or 30 years. Oh, they actually <laughs> know what they're doing. Cool. Okay, so like, <laughs> just go. But I want to, I, I want to before we kind of close off this, I want to close off this topic here. I want to bring in one more element. I'm curious to know your thoughts on Trump has, and it's not a Trump thing for anybody that's out there. It's just fact, right? Trump has promoted heavily. And now I believe it's on the executive order to at least defer, potentially not have to pay back the payroll tax. Right. And I have heard wildly constricting views on this. And like, for me, as an entrepreneur and as someone who like, I'm like, well, I just basically, I like, I pay my taxes and I have my accountant and I listen to Brad Gibb and I'm like, whatever he says, I just kind of do. Right. And I like, (laughs) I like focus on my business. Right. I'm like, if Brad tells me I'm going to get rich, I'm gonna get rich. Right. Like, so that's what we're going to do. But like, I look at it and I go, Hey, JP Morgan came out and said, Hey, by Trump doing this, they're going to add $50 billion to, you know, household economies. And I hear other people saying, this is the worst thing ever because it's going to drain social security. And I say other people saying it, it's just bad because Trump says it's good. And I'm like, Okay, well that's not really a good reason. Like what are your thoughts on this whole situation of what's really going on with with the payroll tax?
0: I think it's confusing, Josh. Yeah, I mean, it's really confusing. I think it's it's a so I don't understand the intention of the payroll tax because what we're doing, you know, what, when we look at the economy in general, here's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a, an incredible number of people who are no longer earning money. Almost, you know, depending on what numbers you look at and what numbers you understand, it's about 50% of people who want to be working or not working and we're, we have double digit unemployment rates where in February, we were at the lowest unemployment we've had in like two decades. So we went from lowest unemployment ever to now like really high unemployment numbers. And so what's confusing is taking the payroll tax and giving people a little bit more money on their checks doesn't seem to solve the problem that we have, which is tons of people who aren't making money and tons right. of people who can't pay their bills. And so what we're doing is we're almost subsidizing the people who are best off, still employed, still have a job, which doesn't...
1: It, That's it my confusion, me. right? That, that Okay, yeah. so I'm like, generally speaking, I give the benefit of the doubt of like, hey, Trump knows business. He's like an a-hole on so many other issues. And I'm just like, I wanna pound my head through the wall sometimes, right? But like, <laughs> when it comes to business, typically I give him the benefit of the doubt. To me, that's what's confusing about this. Because yeah. to me, I'm like, most of the people that I know right now that are working don't have money problems, right? Like,
0: That's the very definition of not having money problems right. today is you have a job. right? Like if you have a job, you're better than, than what is it? 40 something million people who just lost their jobs right. and haven't gotten one back.
1: So, to, so I don't see bizarre. how, right. I don't see how, cause I, I did the math on it. And like, I'm like, if there were, let's, I think there's normally like a hundred and what, 55 million working Americans, give or take. Right. And so we just dropped what 40 million of them. Right. So let's say there's 110. I, I think I of like a 110 million Mark, like payroll tax. If you, if you cut it every month, it's like an extra 350 bucks a month. Yeah to people that are working confusing. on average. And I'm like, I don't get it. And so I'm wondering is like, is there some, like, is there some other underlying benefit that we're missing here or? I'm confused by it, Josh. And Got you know, it.
0: here's, here's, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be cynical. And again, I don't belong to either political party. Right. I, I think being in the, like being out of the political parties is actually the best place for me <laughs> as an entrepreneur and as a consultant because then I can take, look at things objectively and, yeah. it, and it feels odd because the way that it was presented was it's going to be a temporary credit, and if he's elected, then it'll be a permanent credit, which it just feels like kind of like a check, like, hey, you know, if you elect me, I'm going to give you some money, which feels odd and feels somewhat manipulative. But at the same time, I don't understand the benefit it's going to create. Now, here's here's a potential benefit. If we give people an extra $350, bucks, they are going to go out and spend it in the economy and we will stimulate the economy but that stimulation of the economy seems to be in the wrong place. It's like retail purchases or discretionary income for people who are doing okay.
1: Can can let's briefly talk about that. We have some time here. So I I feel like, well, there's for sure the two sections of the economy. There's the retail side of the economy and the non-retail side of the economy. How would you break down, or how would you explain to someone that's like, all right, like I'm an entrepreneur, I sell stuff, but they, they don't really understand economics, right? I think a lot a lot of people look at entrepreneurs and they think we're super smart and it's like, actually we just like figured out one little thing and figured out how to sell it. We're, <laughs> we're, we're really not all that smart, you know what I mean? And then like me, I'm over here and I'm like trying to geek out about everything, geek out about numbers and the economy and you know statistics. And I'm like, I am so dumb. All right, like, I'm, I'm learning about this. So. For those people that are just like, okay, Alex, explain to me when you say the retail side of the economy versus the housing market or whatever, how would you break up the economy and what, like, what do you look at as a super numbers geek, right? Yeah. To say... I feel like this is what we need to look at in the overall health of the economy because it can't be the stock market because the stock market says the, the, everything is hunky dory in the world and that Donald Trump should be president forever, right? That's what the stock market says, right? So, like, what do we what do we actually need to be looking at for the health of the economy, and how is that broken up?
0: So here's here's what I'll show what I look at. Okay, just so that, yeah. so you have an understanding of what I look and the United States economy. So first, when it, when it comes to the stock market, today the stock market only looks good from a distance. You get close, it's not looking so good. There are tons of companies that values have just been torpedoed. They've lost almost all of their value. And there's other companies that have exploded. So in the stock market, there's really been a massive shift. And so there is massive distress in the stock market today. It's just being covered by the the gains that we've made in other places. So first, I look at the stock market objectively. I say, where is it going up? Where is it going down? What categories are having trouble? And where is their struggle? And then for me, I look at the major macro and economic movements in our country. It's pretty simple. It's like retail goods, automotive, uh, real estate, and then look at like a couple of other categories that, and for me, it's hospitality, restaurants. And when you, you can go look at these indexes and see what's going on in Mm. each one of those markets. And so for me, I want to anticipate what's going to happen next. So here's what I know in those markets, there's, there's, predictors of what's going to happen later. So I'll give you an example of one that I follow really closely. I have always and always will be obsessed with real estate numbers. Yeah. Real estate is by far one of the biggest commodities in the United States. In fact, if you look at the wealth of all of the real estate in the United States, it is the biggest commodity. It's bigger than gold, it's bigger than silver, it's bigger than anything. It really drives the US economy. And so I know that if today people are missing payments, tomorrow those people are going to go into foreclosure, then those properties are going to have to be dealt with. And so I I over what is going on in real estate. What is going on in those markets? Same thing with real retail. I know that if today retail numbers go down, stores are going to have to close. That's going to put more people into the market. It's going to make a huge issue in retail. Same thing in travel. Like I'm watching American Airlines so closely right now <laughs> because these most people don't know this, but in that same stimulus package that you and I have been talking about, Josh, the airlines got about $30 billion. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, especially when you look at the fact that like 30 billion dollars is kind of what the airlines make in a year so they just handed them a year's worth of income but that runs out in October. They've already burned through it and this runs out in October. And so we're gonna see massive. So I'm looking for what are the predictors of what's going to happen next? So I look at the travel stimulus running out, American, Delta, United, they're gonna have to dump people. I think Americans gonna have to drop the most. So we're gonna see another huge challenge in the market. So I'm always looking at what's gonna happen next so that I can plan around it and understand what's going to happen. When I look at the automotive market, the retail market, the real estate market, and the travel and hospitality market, every single one of them is having massive, like off the charts challenges. And I don't see those correcting. Mm. We're going to be dealing with those for the next year to two years. And so for me, as a numbers guy, I'm like, how can I get, the right indexes to give me a holistic picture of what's going on in the market. And so I've been looking at those numbers for so long that now they're like tea leaves. Mm. When I see the number of distressed properties go up, when I see forbearances go up, I'm like, oh, okay, about six months from now, we're gonna see a massive change in real estate values. And that's what we're seeing right now.
1: So as, I mean, you're very independently wealthy and and have made a tremendous amount of money, had a tremendous amount of success for, and I wanna disclose, this is not financial advice. We're not giving financial advice. This is strictly yeah, opinion, no, right? Not. Like, I just want to make sure that everybody is very clear on that. Just um, two dudes
0: talking just, and I don't even have a degree.
1: Right. <laughs> neither do I. So like, this is just great. A bunch, bu- bunch of idiots with microphones Dude, here, guys. <laughs> ups, right? <hanging> <laughs> right. This is great. Okay. Where, where does one put their money when you like, so for me, I'm young right now and I am fortunate to have pretty successful business. I've invested Pretty much all of my money, I mean outside my savings and everything like that. Whoop do you do? But like I invest my money back into the business, right? But there becomes a point, and there's a lot of people that are at that point, and I'll be at that point sooner or later of like, you gotta start parking money, right? Yeah. Like it's gotta go somewhere. And like right now, if I had five hundred thousand dollars liquid cash that I was ready to go invest somewhere, I would be like, Brad, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, where do I put it? Right. And, you know, I I love his his Term, you know his thought process behind it all which i think is great but for you right now where do you put money
0: so right now i'm i'm stacking cash i'm i'm taking as much cash as i possibly can and keeping it in in highly liquid investments or just in cash and i i get it i know everybody's going to talk about depreciation it's the wrong thing to do and all that other stuff But in the last crisis, my wife and I made tens of millions of dollars. In this crisis, we're gonna make hundreds of millions. And the way that you do that is you have the resources available so that you and other people can participate in what's going to happen. And I believe that this crisis is going to create opportunities like we've never seen. Mm. We still don't really understand what's going to happen. And I I talked about residential real estate, commercial real estate is gonna fall off a cliff. Like there's going to be deals and there's going to be opportunities for people who have liquid cash like we've never seen before and so for me um again this is not legal advice or not financial advice but i have some cryptocurrency because i do believe that that's a hedge against the economy um we do have some commodities gold and silver stuff but again because it's a hedge against economy and then we hold right now a lot in cash and we do have some some income producing assets and other stuff but we've actually cleared some of that out and converted mm. it to cash because we feel like right now in the residential real estate market is at a high, and we might see it go for a high for a little bit more. But when it comes down, we're going to go and secure the rest of our future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I'm glad I'm not the only one that, like, I have no, like, I have no clue. I'm just speculating, right? But like, to me, I look at the whole economy thing and everything like that. And I'm like, if you've got a good opportunity come up for housing and things like that, great, cool. But to me, I'm like, everyone's like, oh, the ho- housing market's good. We're, we're not in a bubble. We're not in the, I'm like, I mean, I wasn't even around in 2000. I wasn't even aware of what was going on in 2008. But I've done enough research to know that that is literally what everybody said in 2008 and 2009 too. Hundred
0: percent, like 100%, everybody. 100%.
1: And I'm like, I have friends that they they you know they've bought some houses and they they're holding them right. They're like, do we got 40,000. If we to sell right now, we'd cash out. We'd make forty grand. I'm like, why you? And and they want to cash out. Like that's their plan with the house. They're like, we're just gonna ride it out. I'm like, why you don't just cash out right now? Makes no sense to me, right? Because I'm like. I don't get it, right? Like I feel like right now trying to place a, cause really all investing is to a certain extent, is just kind of placing a bet, right? Yeah. And like the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. I understand that. But I'm like, if it's not in my business where my focus is, I want to park money and forget about it, right? And I want it to grow. And there is nothing right now where I can be like, I'm going to park money and I know it's going to grow. No. I'm going to stay liquid until we know, at least until after the election, like my word, that's going to change everything. Well, and Josh, I want you to know something. You
0: know, I, I, I actually talk to a lot of my friends who are investors, and I talk to my friends who have way more money in play than I do. You know, one of the one of the places I like to go for advice is for, with people who are in a similar situation to me, but way more. Likely. Yeah, like
1: ten times richer. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, well, yeah, ten or hundred times. Right, 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 right. And and I'm hearing the same thing over and over again. We're parking cash. We are stacking cash. We're getting assets together. We're getting money together because there's such a high level of uncertainty right now that it's really difficult to understand. You know, where you can put money to see what's going to happen next. I think over the next three to six months, we're going to start getting a clearer picture of what's happening in the economy and what this recovery is going to look like and opportunities are going to show themselves like crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, as we wrap this up, you have a hard cutoff? Yeah, okay. As we wrap this up, I do want to ask you and comment on it as you will. I'm just curious to know from an economic standpoint, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, Biden, Trump, are we looking at two radically different futures? You don't have to give an endorsement one way or the other, but like, I'm just curious, strictly from a objective point of view, is the economics and the economy and the way that the United States specifically works in terms of finances and in taxes and in investments and where we're at, are they two radically different futures depending upon the candidate that gets in office?
0: You know, I think in in it, it depends on. You have to be more specific. Like, okay. let me give you an example. Like, when it comes to um, when it comes to the stock market, I don't think so. Okay. To, I mean, I, I think, you know, when you look at the stock market, the stock market really has kind of separated from politics. And now I know people are going to say, well, if Trump sends a tweet, things happen in the stock market. That's <laughs> true. But usually it, it recovers within a couple of days.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You
0: know? and, it, and it's it's like a temporary blip. So, yeah, I think in some cases it's a radically different future and others it's not. When it comes to taxes and policing and some of the ways our money is, is spent, I think there is two radically different futures. Mm. You know, um but yeah, I, I think as an entrepreneur for me, when I look at, at the choice that we're presented with, you know, I just I for me, I'm not really excited about either well, one. Well, yeah, much, you know, I get stuck in the middle. Like America has failed us for sure. I have a hard time getting excited about either direction. I get it that, you know, you support Trump and there's, there's things in Trump's platform that, that, I mean, it's hard to to understand his platform, but there's things (laughs) that I wish would continue. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's definitely things in the, in the Biden Harris ticket that I'm like, man, there's things there that I would like. And I wish those would continue. But um, God, man, I think when you're having an election in the middle of the biggest pandemic in the history of the world, it's hard to know what either one of those is going to create in the future. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at it and trying to anticipate what's coming next. For me, looking at the financial metrics is a much easier way to tell the future yeah. than trying to understand the politics and what's gonna happen there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Do, and I don't wanna know which one. I know we wouldn't go there. Have you made a decision on who you're going to vote for yet? I have. Okay, all right. Yeah, I have. Um, okay. Let wrap up with one more thing. Momentummasterclass.com. guys, everybody go there. It will be a phenomenal event. Three days, right? Three days. And it, do you, we have dates October,
0: right? Um, it's the first week in October. Uh, you know what? I don't have the exact dates here, but I'll get them to you, Josh, so we can put them in the show
1: notes. Okay, perfect. We'll, guys, we'll link those down in the show notes. Make time, guys. It is well worth your time. Um, you've you've coached and, and worked with big corporations, Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels, and everything in between, uh, and, and startup entrepreneurs. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, Brad and Ryan. yeah, Brian and, Brad, Brad and Ryan guys they're my Brad and I are very, very good friends. Um, we they're talk just such like, good guys. they're just they're so, so awesome. Um, last thing here before like, as we wrap it up, social issues in entrepreneurship. I know for you, you and I both came out, you even stronger than I did on the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, not not even the organization so much. I I wanna kind of steer away from that because that's highly controversial. Yeah, the actual statement of Black Lives Matter. I have come out incredibly, incredibly strong on the human trafficking and especially child sex trafficking, supporting OUR, things like that. And we're, we're working, we're doing some really cool things there. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that have great influence, that are silent yeah. and it just drives me up a wall. But I have kind of like, I don't, I don't believe that attacking people for not doing something is the way to bring about change. I believe that educating, inspiring, telling a story, creating belief, things like that. Why did you and why do you choose as an entrepreneur to speak up on things that are super controversial just so that people can hear why you make that choice?
0: You know, I want to make it clear that I don't, I don't, I don't go out and finding things that are controversial, but here's how I look at it. If I have a belief about something and it's who I am, like it's who I am, like me, me supporting um the sentiment that Black Lives Matter, me supporting um black and brown people getting more of a voice and having less problems with police and systemic racism getting removed from our country. That is who I am. That's a part of me. If a conversation comes up, I'm going to be on that side of the conversation. And if there's a conflict that comes up, I'm going to be on the defensive side of that conflict. And so as an entrepreneur, what I do today is I coach and I I consult with people and we have memberships where they come in and they're part of who we are. Mm. And in those memberships, they're going to hear those things from me. And the last thing I would ever want is for somebody to get into our membership and (laughs) not know that I'm like that. And then, then be around me in a way that's going to make me uncomfortable. When I say, you know, if I was in one, I can't imagine if I was in one of my events and I made the comment Black Lives Matter, which I have before. And if somebody yelled back all lives matter, holy crap, we'd have to shut it down and have a conversation. Right. And so for me, It's really important that the people who are coming towards me know who I am and know what I stand for. And here's why I was so loud about this subject specifically. I recruit black members. Mm. I like I see an entrepreneur doing well. I go out and talk to him like, hey, I think I can help you. I want to help you. I love diversity. When I was early in my business career, I had a team of all Latin American men. We had a consultancy in Latin America. It was all guys all with similar backgrounds. We sucked at problem solving. We were terrible at decision making. I added two women into the mix, just a woman in in Mexico and another one in Brazil and came in and started making decisions with us. And just from that level of, of like mixing it up in diversity, decision making completely changed and we got better as a team. I'm like, whoa, check this out. From that point forward, I've done everything I can to have diversity on my teams and diversity in my memberships, because that's where the magic comes yep. from, yep. different perspectives, different belief systems, different backgrounds, different understandings of things. Like That to me is the most exciting thing in the world as an entrepreneur and as entrepreneurs. we want to have the best solutions out there possible. So I don't care where someone comes from, what their gender expression is, who they choose to be in a relationship with, what their religion is, what their background is, if they're willing to play on our team and play all out and support the other members of the team, I want them there. And if they're willing to be in our membership and support the other people in our membership, I want them there. We can put our differences aside and go, succeed like crazy as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And so I share who I am when it comes to a topic that I think it's important that people who 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 choose to follow me, who choose to work with me, that they know who I am.
1: I love that, I love that. Guys, Alex, Josh, I just okay. want to
0: congratulate you, dude, mm-hmm. just, just for a second. Um, I saw a couple of videos that you did. I feel like for a 26-year-old who is who has the following you have, And who has the respect of people that you have for you to come out as, as hard as you did and as fast as you did and as transparent as you did took a insane amount of courage. And I saw some of the criticism you got and I just want you to know I I was inspired by you. I was so proud of you as a human being. And I watched parts of that video twice because you were just on fire and I felt like, you know what man I respected you the first time we recorded a podcast. I, I like, I have a totally different understanding of who you are and, and an entirely different level of respect for you today.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you, Alex. It means a lot. Seriously. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you guys. Alex Sharfin. Thank <laughs> you so much for being here, dude. Uh, momentummasterclass.com. We'll plug it down below. Always a pleasure, dude. Always a pleasure.
0: Thank you, Josh. Can't wait to do it again, brother. Yeah,
1: for sure. And I'm sure we will. Right, guys, as always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I love you all. And I will see you on in the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating, and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback your ideas and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh Forty or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.